0: you the best story, best trend, and best game from the best conference. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. All right, everyone, welcome to Fourth and Manageable with myself, Ashley Holder, and Brad Edwards. Um, usually, I've got like a bunch of crazy names to go with you, but I'm going to wait to see how this podcast goes. So <laughs> if you'll really like that. You know, that, that psychic that you know, our last episode to see if you're all right with some of this stuff. I'm I- having
1: an off day, so it's it's good to hold off. Here.
0: I doubt it. Brad never has off days, guys. He's he's just lying to you. But um, it was more of an exciting weekend. Than I expected it to be with uh, college football and the SEC. Obviously, we had some of those breakaway games like Tennessee and and um, let's say what about Ole Miss? Goodness gracious, we'll get yeah. into that we'll get into that score right there. But it was exciting uh, in a
1: non-dramatic way, right? Like it exa- was, exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're an Ole Miss fan, right? If Georgia yeah. Tech, you are like, well, great. Um, let's start with the two SEC games that we had: Georgia and South Carolina. This was one that we talked a lot about, saying we'll see more so what South Carolina is made about more than Georgia and obviously I think we were able to see that coaches now know that Georgia seriously is the real deal once again. This year.
1: <laughs> yeah Georgia is what we expected them to be and uh, unfortunately for South Carolina that meant a very lopsided game. Now in fairness to South Carolina they had a number of starters on defense who were either completely out of the game or banged up on top of it never really had a chance to slow down Georgia's offense. It's certainly not to diminish what Georgia did, which was to completely dominate on, on really both sides of the ball, not just that one. Um, but, you know, for South Carolina, it's one of those that you just, you know, shake it off and move on. It was a game that quite honestly you weren't expecting to win. Um, so it really shouldn't affect your psyche or anything. Uh, you got beat by the best team in the country. And, you know, coming out of the weekend, the, the coaches – finally uh acknowledged that hey you know what georgia might be the best team in the country and so there were some people who switched their votes and uh last week we had the split polls this week uh the polls agree georgia is number one
0: yeah i mean it's kind of funny you look at it the starters were already out probably about somewhere in that in that third quarter right you I mean you start using other people yeah. to see what your twos and your threes maybe even possibly fours look like at i that think point. their
1: fours were in when south carolina finally scored
0: Exactly. Which the was the only touchdown by the way, which, that was, to me, the only, <laughs> which to me was the only negative part of Georgia's game. The fact that they were even, they were allowed the game costs to even get a score. Right. But you look at it in every care, category offensively. Um, Georgia just killing South Carolina, rushing 208 yards to 92, and then receiving 339 to 214. So, obviously, offensively, they were able to really get going pretty quickly, and Stetson Bennett obviously having another phenomenal game.
1: Yeah, total control of the offense, and he spread the ball around, which is, you know, what he's been doing. They really made an effort to get Brock Bowers more involved. He, he had not been as big of a part of their offense in the first couple of games, as he was last season. And he's probably their best offensive player, which is it's not often you can say that about a tight end. Um, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there were some years uh the, on the New England Patriots where you you might have said that about Gronk, although you also had Tom Brady. So, right. so then, even Where's then that it was guy? difficult to say it. But I'm just I'm trying to think of examples where you could say that yeah. the the best player on the offense is the tight end. Uh you actually you you know when you could have said that when Gronk was in college at Arizona. You definitely yeah, could have yeah. said that. Um but you know, he, he might not be the most important player because that's going to be the quarterback. Um, right. But, but he is, I think, the best player on that offense. They got him more involved. He had three touchdowns. And, you know, when Stetson Bennett is spreading it out and they're, they're working all the options, they, they really are difficult for anyone to stop. I should say difficult. They're almost impossible for anyone to stop mm-hmm. who doesn't have the same level of athleticism. Right. Um, and, and so that's why I think we're, I mean, maybe waiting for the SEC championship game to see if anybody can slow down Georgia, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe maybe your, your Tennessee Vols can score with them oh, a course. little bit. But as far as like, you know, really making their offense um, look suspect, I, I don't know if anyone could possibly right. do that. And and not even just do it
0: it for four quarters.
1: Right. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, be able to hold them to a few field goal attempts instead of allowing touchdowns. Uh, But to keep them off the board, to be forcing punts on a regular basis, that seems like a very tall order. But uh, we will, uh, we'll find out once they are able to go up against someone who, you know, is, is close to their level athletically.
0: Right. Which basically is the only team. Alabama, as of right now, I think what what everyone is probably waiting for. But four SEC teams right now in the top 10. You got UGA at one, Bama at two, eight, uh, Kentucky, 10, Arkansas, and also four teams in the top 10 of FPI. So you got Georgia again and then Bama and seven at Ole Miss and eight at Tennessee. And they all had phenomenal weekends, but they also were playing – Non conference games, not really any high caliber teams. You look at Tennessee beat Akron 63 to 6. Um, Old Miss did 42 to nothing to Georgia. Actually, Mizzou had a great weekend, 13, put up 34. Um, and Alabama, obviously, 63 on Moreau. So 63 and allowed them to score one in Arizona, uh, 38 to 27 on Missouri state Arkansas probably got a little bit closer than I imagined on that one. And then Kentucky, uh, 31 to nothing. So they had some pretty decent, decent weekends though, a decent weekend, excuse me.
1: Well, you remember, uh, last week on our show, I think it was the Thursday show. I, I mentioned that Arkansas needed to be careful because it was a, it was a spot where it was so predictable for them to come out flat and they did, they fell behind 17, mm-hmm. nothing to Missouri state. And they just, were scratching, clawing all game to finally get back to even. And then they they finally took the lead in the in the fourth quarter. And the final score was a little deceiving. I think the game was a lot closer than it looks if, if you mm-hmm. only saw that that score. Um, you had no idea that they were trailing in the fourth quarter. In fact they were trailing um, by double digits, I believe, at the start mm-hmm. of the fourth quarter. Yeah. So um so yeah it was it was a strong finish by Arkansas, but um it was a game that you know, that uh, they really didn't need at that point, mm-hmm. you know, they needed the opportunity to rest starters with right. the, the start of the uh, SEC schedule coming up here with, well, they've already played a conference game, but I should say the, the toughest part of their SEC schedule is coming up um, in the next few weeks. And and to not be able to rest starters was a bad thing for Arkansas, but hey, mm-hmm. you move on, you do what you can. Uh, the flip side, they play uh, A&M this week and A&M wasn't able to rest its starters either because it predictably Tough uh, had to go a full four quarters, right. With, with Miami. But uh, the good thing for A&M is they came out with a much needed win because mm-hmm. they were, they were really on the ropes as we know, going into last weekend.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you touch on Texas A&M, but my, they got that win, right? This was a win that they absolutely needed and Miami didn't look as good, but I also want to ask you, who do you really feel like was actually that winner of that game? Yeah. I, I, granted. And I asked that saying, I know that Texas A&M won, but I also feel that Miami more so was the one to beat themselves because they couldn't finish in the red zone.
1: Well, you yeah, can, certainly the can't the say.
0: Field goals, they had the block. They had right, the block right, right, right. You block, certainly can't say that punch. Miami
1: was a winner because they they did nothing constructive, really. I mean, I guess defensively they, they did, but. Um, they, they, there's in no way would they come away feeling like they won. Certainly they could feel like they outplayed Texas A&M. And if not for some of the self-inflicted wounds that you're talking about, they might have won. And then those were on special teams. Um, I mean, almost exclusively.
0: That's where the game was lost.
1: Yeah. That's where the game was lost by Miami. It wasn't necessarily won by A&M as much as it was lost by Miami and, and A&M tried to give it back at the end when they, uh, when they muffed a, a punt of their own. Um, but they were able to get it back. They didn't mm-hmm. lose it. And uh, that, I mean, to some extent almost ended up being the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, A&M obviously needed a win in a, in a bad way. They got it. Um, that's going to give them more confidence now going into conference play. Uh, but, but a lot of the same issues that we talked about last week are still there. And, and even with a quarterback change, they still struggled offensively. And that's going to be the big question. Uh, How much better can they get on that side of the ball as the season goes on? Because if they don't, I, I just see a whole lot of teams yeah. in, in the league. They're going to have a hard time outscoring, and that that may begin with Arkansas this weekend.
0: Yeah, and offensively, they still didn't even reach 300 offensive yards. So we're looking at that same consistent problem. Another team that probably doesn't have the most confidence right now, and according to FBI, has the toughest remaining schedule as Auburn. They had – um a terrible game against Penn state. We were talking about that saying, well, hopefully they could get some type of confidence and and do something with that game. If they could beat that ranked team. Um, It was just awful from the start. They're lucky to even put 12 on the board at that point. They, they, they lost a Penn state 41 to 12.
1: Yeah, it it was ugly in every way. And uh, as you said, now now Auburn gets to start conference play. And, and while they do start it against Missouri, which if you had to pick a team to start against, that would be one of the two or three that you would choose if you're Auburn. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's probably the easiest conference game that they'll have on their schedule. But um, just what do you take out of that game um, that you can really build on? And then, as you mentioned, the – the remaining schedule is is most difficult in the country, according right. to FPI. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Missouri, the upcoming opponent, is not a reason for that. It's, it's what comes after Missouri. And so, when you consider you've already lost a non conference game, um, you have maybe the most difficult conference schedule in all of college football. I mean, is is it even in the cards to to aspire to go to a bowl game? I mean, and I know they're still talking about that, but where are the wins going to come? If you're Auburn, I, I think that's what's so discouraging when you look, look ahead and you look at that schedule mm-hmm. and uh, here's the, you know, the the thing is, I mean, Auburn, it's, it's a bad draw. Some teams are going to get that bad draw every year. If you look at that FPI list of the toughest remaining schedules in college football, um, you have uh, Auburn. Um, I'm trying to remember the order, but there, there are four SEC teams that are at the top. It, it it's, it's Auburn. And I believe it's Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is next in Tennessee and Mississippi State in some order. Yeah. Maybe it's Mississippi State, Tennessee. Yeah. But you, you know what they all have in common? What's that? They're hard. <laughs> well, no, no. What those four teams all have in common that that rank one, two, three, four and toughest remaining schedule mm-hmm. is that those are the four teams in the SEC that have to play both Georgia and Alabama, mm. and and th- that's why their schedule is the most difficult because the two right. best teams uh, are, are still remaining on it, and and if you're Auburn. Uh, not to mention Vanderbilt. Um, you have to play both of them on the road. I don't know that it really matters uh, with Georgia whether you play them at your place or their place. But with Alabama, yeah, I... they, they've seemed the last couple of years to be a little bit, a little bit more vulnerable on the road. But uh, mm-hmm. in Auburn's case, and and Vandy's, as I mentioned, um, they they have to play both of them away from home, which is uh, that's not good. Not mm-hmm. good if you're trying to win football games
0: exactly that's it's not the best they're not the best schedule right and like you said about georgia it really doesn't matter where you are just like alabama you have to just hope that you're able to click on all cylinders right to get past that type of team especially when they're ranked one and two another great week coming up this weekend in the SEC, a dreadful one as you said too as yeah. well two games worth watching um we already know i was gonna talk a lot about this one I just didn't know if I was going to do it today or if I was going to wait till Thursday. I wasn't really sure at this point. Obviously we've got Florida at Tennessee, uh, Neyland stadium. I wish I could fly in for that one. And then we've got Arkansas um, at A&M and that's at neutral site in Arlington, Texas. So that one should be a good one as well, as well. The other conference game, Alabama is a 40 point favorite over Vandy and Mizzou at Auburn. I think the one that a lot of people are going to be watching, and I'm not just saying this because I'm biased, but I do think Florida at Tennessee is going to be a big one. It's funny. I saw a meme going around and it was um gosh i can't who's the guy that's married to j-lo right now the actor
1: oh, I, I, oh, I you're asking the wrong guy
0: he was he was the guy who played in the sniper movie like the the was
1: gonna say you can't yeah
0: i forget his name that's a it, full-time
1: job to keep up with her so No, yeah. it's
0: a it's a huge actor i cannot think brad, brad something i don't know it, We'll just say Edwards. It's Who's not that? me.
1: I I'll
0: take <laughs> myself out you? of the, the running. Um, but anyways, it was him smoking a cigarette and the guy had a Tennessee. They put a Tennessee shirt on shirt over him and said, oh, God, it's Florida week. And I mean, I feel like the re- reason why that is so funny, especially when you're a uh, a Tennessee fan is because literally we get excited. We're like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then boom, something happens. We end up losing to them. It's always this story. It's this story. And it's just stressful. It's like, it's a stressful thing. The guy smoking a cigarette, he's stressed out, it's <laughs> but it's going to be, I, I, I know we're going to get it done. This one, we're going to get it done. This one, I feel it. I feel it in my bones, Brad.
1: I, I think they are going to get it done and we'll talk about it more on Thursday. Um, but when I look at these two teams right now and I realize Florida looked good week one and they haven't looked so good the, the next two weeks. And, and, you know, so there's some recency bias in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but right now, I, I think Tennessee is a good bit better than Florida. I mean, the the way that both teams are playing at this moment um, and, and you add on to it with the game being in Knoxville,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I think Tennessee would have to choke to lose this game. And, and certainly they've done that before against Florida. I mean, you've, you've, you've been around to see a few of them. (laughs) Um, but, but, but I can't think of the last time that I would have gone into a Tennessee, Florida game, feeling confident that Tennessee was the more talented team. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I mean, a lot of those, they were, they were pretty even, but in this case, I actually feel like Tennessee is the more talented team and, and they're playing better at the moment. So, uh, I, I, I like the Vols a lot in this game and uh, and i will be very surprised if um if if they have to sweat this one out in the final minutes
0: yeah i mean you look at Florida this past weekend they barely beat south Florida really just by a field goal so we were just talking about being able to rest starters getting those guys you know some some fresh yeah. legs that's not going to be a team that was able to do that on the other side Tennessee against Akron obviously running away i by the second probably by the end of the second quarter those those starters were out
1: yeah yeah it was it was uh it was the the perfect setup for tennessee going into the florida game and florida had the perfect setup too as far as the opponent you know having them at home all that but florida didn't take care of business and, and tennessee mm-hmm. did and so now you know they're in these situations where um you know where tennessee's probably a good bit more rested Coming into the game and I think has a lot more confidence because Mm -hmm. if you're Florida after what happened in week two, losing at home to Kentucky and then nearly losing at home against South Florida, whatever confidence you took out of beating Utah in week one is is mostly exhausted at this point. I would I I would say uh, I would say that, you know, Florida is is not going up there uh, feeling like they can beat anybody, which they were probably thinking that way two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of it, you know, for Anthony Richardson, um, I believe this is his first career road start. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you're talking about a guy who's got a lot of talent, um, but even at home the last couple of weeks hasn't always executed at a high level. And and now to have to deal with a raucous crowd, I, you know, I'm not sure that this really sets up that well for Florida.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot at stake when you look at it on both sides. As you said, his first career start is on the road, as well as, you know, there's there's a streak. You know, we're always watching to see how. Can Florida extend it one more game? Can Florida extend it this this year? You know what I mean? And there's a lot, just just pride on the line. You know, these two teams really don't like each other at all much. So it's always it's always fun, especially when you do it in Neyland Stadium with 102,000 people rocking, wearing that orange and white. Sorry, I just had to plug that in. <laughs> um, but another interesting non-conference game is Tulsa at Ole miss a Tulsa right now is scoring more than 35 every game their quarterback is throwing more than 400 yards per game so this should be a really good test for the Ole Miss defense who is allowing 4.3 um points per game but yeah um interesting and the good thing about that too is at least you know Ole Miss got a like you said again we're talking about those fresh legs again they were able to get some of their starters rest as well they obviously ran all over Georgia Tech uh 42 to nothing. So before a, a really good test on a non-conference of part of your schedule, right? What a great time that this is coming.
1: Yeah. And look, Ole Miss uh, playing out of conference again this weekend um, at the end of the day on Saturday will be the only team in the SEC that will have not yet played a conference game. And, mm-hmm. and so this is really their, their final kind of warm up before they hit conference play. And then it's nothing but, you know, wall to wall SEC into the end. Uh, and, this is a uh, it's it's a different kind of test than what they've had so far. You mentioned the offensive numbers for Tulsa; they've been scoring a lot of points, and they've been doing most of that through the air. And uh, and so it's a challenge for an Ole Miss defense, which has looked really good so far through three games. Even though I think they would all acknowledge hasn't been against the greatest competition, and, and certainly in the SEC they'll play offenses that are better than Tulsa, but it's probably the best offense they will face up to this point. So you know you look at Ole Miss tied for second in the nation in points per game allowed, which is just after three games to be able to say that about Ole Miss, we're talking yeah. about a defense. That was a laughing stock just two years ago. Right. And turned it around in a significant way. I mean, I don't care if Georgia tech is, is one of the weaker power five teams out there to shut out. Any power five team is an accomplishment. And especially if you don't have a defense that's loaded with four and five star players, So um, hats off to Ole Miss for what they've done so far. But I think we're going to learn a lot more about them this Saturday because if if they struggle – now, look, if they do well against Tulsa, that doesn't mean that they're going to do well against everybody in the SEC. Right. But if they struggle against Tulsa's passing game, there are some teams in the league that you would look at and you say, yeah, I don't know how well they're going to do against those SEC opponents either. So uh, so I, I think there's something to learn from this game, even though it's not one I'm going into you know, worried about Ole Miss being able to win it.
0: Yeah, this one probably more so going towards Ole Miss to show not what they're made of, but that if they can be consistent against this type of team that's not uh, a team in the SEC, right? Uh, going into our question portion now, first one, Obviously, this is what me and you were talking about last week. You said that from week to week, this is going to change. There was eight unbeaten SEC teams last week. Now we are down to six. So, in your order, how re-ranking those six unbeaten SEC teams?
1: All right. So let's. This I
0: mean, is a tough one. I don't know number, who you're going to number call one. Yeah, one. number
1: one and, and two <laughs> are really difficult. But it's um, super hard. But yeah. I mean, look. I
0: you mean this, Kentucky, right? Could, Tennessee yeah.
1: <laughs> as good as Alabama is at this stage of the season they don't compare to Georgia. So Georgia to me is an easy number 1 followed by by Alabama. And and so then you've got two teams from the west, two teams from the east that you got to figure out how to order them. Uh, right now I mean I don't want to put the jinx on you, but I'm I I think Tennessee is the third best team in the conference at this moment. Um that that doesn't mean they're going to Finish is the third best because, like I said, they're one of the the teams that has to play both Georgia and Alabama, mm-hmm. um, so they got a tough road ahead. But right now, I think they're they're playing extremely well. I would, oh, this is so difficult to do. Um, I would probably go Ole Miss next.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's a
1: difficult choice between Ole Miss and Kentucky. Um, last last week, I had Kentucky as third behind. Yeah. You know, behind Georgia and Alabama, it wasn't so much that Kentucky went out there and and was unimpressive as much as it was that some of these other teams looked more impressive, and and mm-hmm. and so I think they kind of passed Kentucky in my mind. So, um, yeah, just the way that Ole Miss is looking on both sides of the ball right now, I'll take them over Kentucky, which it still has a lot to to prove offensively, defensive defensively. They're solid. Uh, so I'll go Kentucky next, and then my my weakest of the undefeated teams would be Arkansas, which is interesting because they are ranked top ten in in the polls, mm-hmm. um, or at least the AP poll, number ten. But um, you know, look when you just watch a team have to overcome a seventeen point deficit at home against an FCS foe, I mean, yeah. it, it, it it's not di- it it's bit. not difficult to put them at the back of the line of undefeated teams in the SEC. So I'll mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that.
0: Okay, I like that. You know, I think if for me, I would probably go Georgia, obviously, Alabama, Tennessee. I think I would probably switch and go Kentucky, Ole Miss, and then Arkansas. Okay, so, so we're
1: just we're just quibbling over just the, the order of Kentucky them, yeah. and Ole Miss. And now, the, I noticed, I noticed by the way, you, you you didn't hesitate to put Tennessee at number three. So no. if, if 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 it ends up being a jinx placed on them, I, it, you are the one that did it, not me.
0: Listen, if if I put a jinx on them, they're they're going all the way to the national championship and they're winning. OK, that's all I'm going to say about that. And if they do go to the national championship, we will be on radio row. OK, I just want you to know that at that point. um,
1: We'll make it happen for you. It, you right. You and now, Tyler, both.
0: It, you know what? We got to get Tyler on. See, I keep saying, I forgot about that one. Um, I told
1: you, I told you Alabama week. We're supposed we'll to do that, that this week, aren't we? No, no, Al- Alabama week, Tennessee, oh, Alabama
0: week. Okay, okay. Third, okay. third week you. of October. I got you, because I'm sure I know Tyler's got some fun story with those teams. That, that, that's for sure. Um, out of these six teams, who is still going to be undefeated once we talk next week?
1: Um, is anybody going to lose? Um, I don't. Wow, Ooh, that so okay. So this is a good question. I already told you I don't think Tennessee is going to lose. Yeah, but Arkansas, I tell you what—that they for whatever reason I'm going to say none of them lose. Um okay. and, and the reason is is that Arkansas for whatever reason over—I mean, re- really pretty much since Texas A&M joined the SEC, even when Arkansas has been bad they have played very well against Texas A&M. They haven't always won, but they seem to overachieve. They seem to play above their heads in that game. And and just, they seem to care a lot more about it than A&M does. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not sure that that would be the case this year. This game means a lot to A&M as well. Um, But for whatever reason, Arkansas just seems to bring its A game against the Aggies. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Arkansas, even though they have, a, they have issues in the secondary. And if there's anyone that a and can kind of find its passing game against, it should be mm-hmm. Arkansas. Um, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just have some confidence in, in the, the recent trend of, of Arkansas playing well against a and So I'm going to say all of the undefeated teams in the SEC are still undefeated next week.
0: Yeah, A&M might be kind of gassed after that Miami game again. They're often still struggling, even though they were able to get past the uh, Hurricanes on that one. Zach also has a question for us. He said, how surprised are you that Tennessee is double-digit favorites over Florida? Zach, I'm not surprised at all, okay? There's nothing yeah. else to say about it.
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised either. And and the reason I'm not, I mean, I just mentioned, like they, they just seem to be in different places right now yeah. as far as the way they're coming into this game and how they've looked the last two weeks. Um but but if you if you look closer at the numbers, Florida is is kind of an average defensive team, um but as much as it would surprise some people, if if you're really honest a, about what the numbers are telling you, they're they're maybe a below average offensive team.
0: Yeah. They've I'm, I'm barely not, been able to get by these last couple. Right. Right and through. and I'm,
1: you know, going on the road for the first time, um, with a, with a a team that doesn't seem to be really good at anything. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying they're bad at a lot of stuff, but there's not, there's nothing I can point to in Florida that I would say is a real strength. This Mm -hmm. is what, like, if, if, if the game is tough in the second half, this is what Florida can rely on. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't have an answer for you. So, um, so yeah, I'm not surprised. And, and I actually would expect Tennessee to win this game by double digits. I I, I think Florida is going to have a hard time uh, hanging in there yeah. for four quarters.
0: I probably would go triple digits, but you know, that's <laughs> We'll, 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 we'll set but, hey, you know, backwards.
1: why, why be unreasonable, you know?
0: Exactly. And then yeah. next week we'll just be talking we'll have a whole, not even a segment. Maybe we'll just spend two segments. When we'll it happens, you know, and, they, and, they, and they win by the triple digits,
1: you know, when they win by triple digits, you can just say next week, you, you, you almost predicted it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean, most of my predictions have been right, Brad. Right, that's true. all I'm yeah. trying to say. Owen says, if Georgia takes its first loss in the SEC title game again this year, how certain are you that the dogs will still make it to the playoffs?
1: So, I mean, on the surface, you'd say, hey, if Georgia gets undefeated in the SEC championship game, you know, ranked number one going in. The way they've looked, like one loss, I mean, they're still clearly one of the four best teams. And I think that's true. And and last year there was no doubt going into that game that if they lost it, they'd still be in the playoff, Mm -hmm. but that had everything to do with, maybe not everything. It had a lot to do with how dominant Georgia was, but it also had a lot to do uh, with what had happened elsewhere in the country. And Mm -hmm. it's so difficult right now to sit here and say, well, these teams are going to be undefeated and these teams are going to have one loss. And, and as much as I want to believe that the selection committee just cares about taking the four best teams, I don't think that's necessarily what they do. Uh, and and I, I think being a conference champion matters to them. Mm-hmm. And now you can get in if you're not a conference champion. We've seen it happen a few times, yeah. but you're probably not going to get, get in over a very deserving conference champion. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is keep an eye on, okay, like, let's say if, if Ohio state is uh, undefeated in the big 10, um, there there's one of the teams that that they're going to take another spot. So, so the sec champion would have a spot. Uh, Ohio state would have a spot. Mm -hmm. So that leaves two spots. Would Georgia get one of them? What, what if, what if there's an undefeated team out of, let's say USC or Oklahoma goes undefeated. You know, what if, what if Clemson goes undefeated? And and I realize the odds of these teams going undefeated, they're not great.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, but, I mean, until these teams have losses, you still have to consider that. And then the other thing is, what if they are a one-loss conference champion? What if what if Clemson or Oklahoma or USC is a one-loss conference champion? Mm-hmm. Georgia has one loss but is not a champion. Is Georgia so much better that the committee is going to just disregard a conference champion? I, I, probably if Georgia keeps dominating the way they are. Um, but – I can't say that that definitively I mean, you just have to wait and see how the games play yeah. out and so and, and yeah. what I'm saying right now it, it's not only true for Georgia but it's true for this would be the same thing would be true for Alabama if they were to go into the SEC championship game undefeated and lose to Georgia okay a
0: they've seem to get a lot of breaks from from the playoff committee. yeah they have and that's, have, fun, and that's why I don't understand the playoff committee at all like they, they of, have the but they do just but Lose those Alabama
1: high. teams, though, were dominant in the majority of their games that season. Right. Um, Alabama certainly wasn't dominant in the majority of those games last year, and they've already had a close call this year against Texas. So they, they can't do any more of that if they want to get benefit of doubt. Right. I would also say this is true for either Ohio State or Michigan. You know, if they get undefeated into that game against each other at the end of the regular season, and one of them, you know, takes its only loss there. Same principle applies. Like you look at all these other conferences, and you, what did they do? So uh, I don't know, it, but it, it it matters how many undefeated champions there are, especially in these other Power Five leagues, because the committee the committee is not going to leave out an undefeated Power Five champion. Mm-hmm. So uh, if there are a few of those teams, you you don't want to be a one loss team, and especially a one loss team that didn't win its league.
0: Right. Well, at least we know most likely with Georgia and Alabama. You would have to think right now that that wouldn't be the case for them, right? For the most, for the most part, until you get up to the title game, obviously,
1: wouldn't be the case that they would be left out if they yeah. if they got their undefeated. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the odds of there being, you know, two or three other I would just say three, the odds of there being three other Power Five champions that are undefeated, incredibly slow. none Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, Lisa says, who this week has the most to lose in the SEC? that's a good one
1: that is a good one um so <laughs> I guess there are it's two like ways are we so, 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 no, so here, here, here's the way I'll answer this question <laughs> if 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 by who she means team I would say it's South Carolina um because they have a sneaky game against Charlotte. Which it's one of those games that like Charlotte is Char- one in
0: Charlotte. Remember
1: Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte is one in three right now. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not going to have a good season and yeah. with the opportunity here to like beat far, an sec team. I mean, this is basically a bowl game for Charlotte. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so South Carolina, having already played two conference games, they're coming off back-to-back conference games. Very easy to have a little bit of that emotional letdown. We talked about with Arkansas last week, South Carolina is kind of in that same situation where they might, you know, just assume we're just going to roll out there and and get a W. Um, be careful, South Carolina, because it's one thing to lose a couple of conference games, but if you go and you lose at home to the to the Niners, now now we're talking like really season going off the rails type stuff for them. So so that would be the answer if by who she means team. If by who it could also include person, I'm gonna say Brian Harson, the, the Auburn head coach, because mm-hmm. if they lose at home in Missouri, that yeah. could be the end of his coaching career at Auburn, which would mean that Brian Harson could both have the most to lose and the most to gain because his buyout, I don't know what it is, but it's millions of dollars. So so the guy could simultaneously lose his job and be financially set for the rest of his life at the same time so uh it's a uh i don't know the way the way i look at it is that uh there, there's a big positive that would come from losing to missouri if you're brian arson uh look it's probably going to happen one way or the other in the next two months that that he's going to end up getting canned yeah so it, it you know that that money's coming one way or the other
0: maybe one more week yeah you, you
1: you don't, don't want to the- go out though like you know, unceremoniously discharged, uh, for, a for a a home loss as a, as a favorite against arguably the worst team in the sec. Um, that that's not the way you want your career to end. I don't, I don't care how much you're getting
0: paid. Yeah. Like I said, you never know who's going to get canned in the middle of the season, right? Always got to look. There've been a couple of them already. Exactly. So so it's going to be an exciting week. We talked about a few of those games. We'll dive deep more into those games um on the next episode, fourth and manageable. So that's going to be a pretty good one considering we'll be speaking probably 45 minutes on Tennessee and Florida.
1: So if you are a Tennessee, <laughs> abrid- fan, we'll give the abridged 45-minute version.
0: Yeah, we might right occasionally now. talk about somebody else, but 9 times out of 10 it's probably not going to happen. So be aware when you tune in next week, okay?
1: Only two games worth talking about, to be honest. So, so I, we're going to spend most of our time talking about two games. Yeah, on
0: it was kind of like that, which is pretty much the same case we were in this past weekend, right? I we, mean, we focused a lot on possibly if South Carolina could do something to keep up with Georgia, but then obviously Texas and Texas A and M and Miami was that main contest as well as MSU um, and LSU. So that those those were the only real three games. Yeah, we th- there were some games about last week. Weekend. Yeah, some of those last week, you could come up with an
1: excuse to discuss it. But this week, I mean, you look at that at that schedule, the teams that are out of conference play, or even a couple of the conference games. I mean, I mean, we just talked about Auburn, Missouri. I mean, two, yeah. two of the worst teams in the league. We're we're not gonna spend time discussing what we think is gonna happen in that game because nobody cares. And that's probably including the two fan bases. Yeah. And then Alabama's a 40 point favorite over Vanderbilt in the other conference game. So what are we gonna say about that? Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, we got, we got two games to talk about on Thursday, so get ready.
0: Yep. So it's going to be an exciting episode. Um, so we're going to close it out, Brad, any last, uh, last couple of comments you have anything to say before we get up out of here? Anything? No, you I,
1: I, I just, this is, this is the time of year when, uh, when, when you start to see teams kind of separate site, yeah, separate and, and the ones that, that get separated from yeah. Uh, they start to lose sight of their season goals. You know all the things they've been building for since really January. Mm-hmm. You start to see those slipping away, and that's that's when you that's when you really start to learn what kind of character teams have. You know when you know are they just going to go out there and go through the motions the rest of the way, mm-hmm. uh, or are they going to get better even though they're you know, in some ways not really playing for anything? That's that's always a big deal as you go into October. But we're not not quite there yet.
0: Yep, just a little. Just what about ten days until? october or till october right about 30 yeah we got we 30th. got one more right?
1: weekend one yeah. more one more saturday of games in september and then we'll be looking forward mm-hmm. to october
0: week four and then we'll be looking at some bye weeks coming up here Just figuring out get, yeah, those be about that up, time too. get those legs up under some of these guys um by the way what a great awful day of monday night football the poor tit- titans you know what i mean They wasn't even exciting <laughs> and, and then the vikings the, just saying i was really really was looking weird. forward to great monday night football and i was like oh well
1: there's that was weird the- to have two nfl games
0: wasn't it i, not, I, thought it was I mean. mean
1: obviously on sunday you have them you know you have more than one right, going on at right. a time but they all started at the same time you don't have yeah. these staggered starts where yeah. you got one in the first half and another in the second half yeah. and
0: Right. I, then you had to go back and forth. And I, yeah. I I mean I kept it on ESPN, but I also thought it was crazy that um you had the other game on ABC because I just feel like I couldn't really focus. And then the other score was in the corner whenever you were on, you know, whatever you've ABC. You had the other corner on ESPN and then ESPN, the ABC score was on there. I'm thinking then I'm looking at the scores on both of them. I'm like, oh, this is awful by the halftime. By halftime, I mean yeah. I had to myself to watch the third. Hey, how about your bills?
1: Bowl. Are you, is this gonna be the year that they finally win the Super Bowl?
0: Listen. This is the best year that they have, and all the money you look at that you spend on Von Miller and the reconstruction uh, of contracts and things like that. I, I mean, they look phenomenal. What can you do? And then, first of all, my fantasy team looks phenomenal. <laughs> Five bills on my team, obviously, because I covered them for so long, so I feel right. like I've got that inside knowledge. But I'm like, wow, I'm beating people one forty to like sixty, and like, every, and this one guy told me in our group chat, one of my friends was like, "Don't worry, the Cowboys always start good in the beginning of the year." I was like, wow wow okay so yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just hating because my, my my uh my fantasy team looks phenomenal but well, actually,
1: i can't think of a better way to end an sec podcast than by talking about the buffalo bills so exactly right he
0: says, hey dawson knox tight end old myth there you go we were just talking about when was a tight end very important to a program there you go okay. dawson There's, Knox. there you go okay it, it works out that that's way. that's a way to
1: bring it all back together <laughs>
0: Somehow we made it work, right? If it doesn't make sense, someone's listening and they're like, well, we'll make it work. Uh, but all right, so we'll be back next week for Brad Edwards and Ashley Holder. This is for Manageable.
1: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.